And you are back in the shop. This is the podcast of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette Sports Department. As we are wrapping up the high school football season today, we are down to the final week. This is championship week for teams in class 4A, 3A, and 2A. So we're going to recap, but we'll recap a little of what happened last week in the semifinals. Had a couple of teams in the semifinals. And we're going to start in class 4A where Shiloh Christian hosted its first semifinal game, I believe, since 2010. Henry, is that correct? I think you're right on that one. So, Henry, kind of walk us through that. Now, first, we need to re- we need to need to let you know if you if you don't follow high school football and you didn't know, we had severe weather um, across not just this state but across the entire South last Friday. And the Arct- uh, Arkansas Activity Association um, did the right thing, Henry. I think they postponed mm-hmm. all games that were to be played on Friday across the state and moved them to Saturday. So we, there were no games played on Friday. They were played on Saturday starting at 6 o'clock. Henry, you were at the Shiloh game. Kind of walk us through because there was some activity before that game that happened that might have affected that game a little bit. Might have. Um, Shiloh Christian, their running back, Jarrett Russ, uh, had been called into the hospital, had an emergency surgery that day, and uh, was out of the game. And obviously that had to change – Shiloh Christian's game plan. It's one thing when you lose a a kid the previous week. You've got that week of practice to get someone ready. But he went down Saturday morning. Uh, they only had hours to get somebody else ready. And I talked to Jeff Conway afterwards, and he says, yeah, obviously we had guys ready. But still, you have a guy like Jarrett Russ. Such kind a big of part of their place. offense. Just huge part of their offense. He – uh, he's a, he was you know their leading rusher. He's you know was big in their passing game out of the backfield and and a, and a three year starter. Mm-hmm. And so it altered the game. I know some you know uh, they tried two or three different people running with the football, but you know really didn't get much of the ground game going at all against uh, Arkadelphia. No question, no question that had a big impact on the game. Now, I'm not saying Shallow beats Arkadelphia if they have Jarrett Russ, but their chances to, of winning that game are significantly better when they have him in the backfield as opposed to not having him. Yeah, and um, I had a one coach tell me one just to tell me, he says, hey, sometimes you just got to tip your cap to the other team, and you had to tip your cap to Arkadelphia. This was a team who started the season 0-5. Oh, 0-5. And and yet they go get into the playoffs as a number three seed, and then they turn around and they have to beat three number one seeds all on the road, and they did it. And they've done it. They have done now, it. Now, how about their offense? Because I talked to somebody from Arkadelphia. How they had that big turnaround, and they gave a lot of credit to the offensive line. Was the offensive line a big factor in that game? Offensive line was good, and Arkadelphia was very – they took advantage of every situation presented them. They had – their first three touchdowns were short fields. I mean, one of them uh, – Well, Shallow had a pick early, didn't they, and a fumble. And... Let's see. They had a – one of them was uh, they had a Shiloh was dropped at the one and uh, had a punt. The punt just went to the 22, and they scored real quick. Intercepted one pass, returned it to the one, scored on that, and also had a 60-yard punt return that led to the go-ahead touchdown. So when the the advantages were there, they took care of them. Well, and that's you know that's how you that's how you rebound from an zero and five start. They were you know Arkadelphia looked like they were going to go. What I what I they should say in my day they went we're going to go from the throne room to the outhouse this season mm-hmm. from winning the state championship to to look like you know 
a three and seven or whatever type season, but they completely turned that around. Well, Jeff, when I talked to Jeff Conaway a week ago, talking leading into this game, you know, I asked the same question. I said, okay, so what was the difference? And he told me two things. Quarterback was injured early and five, count them, five new offensive linemen. Took a while so, to get them so jailed. So get everybody get together. Going. So wow. obviously when they got together and the quarterback got healthy, they got rolling. So I've had a chance to see Joe T. Robinson this year. I haven't haven't seen Arkadelphia, but I have seen Joe T. And mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, Arkadelphia will have a tough time with them Saturday. There is no question. Joe T. Robinson is very, very good. And I know they stumbled once or twice during the regular season. Of course, they lost to Springdale, a 7A team, a pretty good 7A. In fact, that, that, at that time, Springdale had all of its weapons, um, and Springdale beat them. Still, still a pretty close game. Joe T's for real. Hey, right. I saw them too against Ozark, and they got spectacular receivers. I mean, they just go up and get the ball, and then they maneuver, and their quarterback is about six foot three kid, and uh, put it on the money, and they dominate right there in the middle with the Williams kid. So, um, if I'm, I'm, if I'm guessing, if I got two dollars, you know, we all pitch in, uh, we got two dollars here. I'd put it on. Uh, I put on Joe T. Robinson. I'm they good for about a dime of that. Anybody, anybody else? Yeah. I got well, 75 well, cents. Maybe a nickel. There you go. Well, there that's you what go. we're putting on it. So, if Joe T. were to win the championship on Saturday, you would have the Central has the 7A champion and the 5A champion, with two teams from the Central, and mm-hmm. Little Rock Christian. Congratulations to them. Big win. I mean, you know, first state title yep. to beat PA. Huge for them. Uh, so, you'd have them in 5A and Joe T. in 4A. So the central, um, you know, you know, we've talked about this and how the central yeah. has really improved and has now taken over. I think uh, dominance uh, in the state now. Yeah. Greenwood, of course, won the six A, and, and Greenwood's, you know, they're not going to relinquish that at all anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but Benton was there to play them, you know, in the championship game. So props to them, another team from the central. So. Um, you know, Central, you know, the football in the Central is you know, really good, and right now they are, you know, that's where it's at in this state. Yep. So, Shiloh, uh, congratulations to them. They had won 12 straight games uh, going into that semifinal uh, game against Arkadelphia. They'd lost their season opener, reeled off 12 straight wins. Uh, impressive, terrific season for them. Uh, they'll have a lot of their team back next year. They'll have their quarterback back. The other quarterback back, Jaden Henry, they'll have Eli Reese, their starting quarterback back. He'll be he'll be there. Uh, Tollett, their receiver, their good receiver, he'll be back. So Shiloh, will be, they'll be pretty good again next year. They'll have a lot of their, their skill guys back. So, uh, you know, Jeff Conway has, uh, you know, got the Shiloh machine uh, up and running again well and, and uh, looks like, you know, they'll be, they'll be pretty good, um, you know, for a little while. I know when I I talked to him late in the season, I guess going into that last game against P Ridge, he was telling me that like every level, like junior high, seventh grade, whatever, he had like five different levels all playing for a conference title that that's week. A, so, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. Well, that should tell you, like you said, they kind of got things going there. So, yeah. so it, they're going to be good again for for the yeah the foreseeable. They've, they've had what for Shiloh is is a little bit of a down period. Although you know they've been in the playoffs and made made it you know deep run to the semis a few years ago too, but you know not the sustained championship level that they had. But it looks like you know Shiloh's you know getting right back up to that again. And Henry, we've talked about this on and on and on. If the changes that we think are going to are coming, to where we're going to see some of these teams that are in the 4A1 now move up to 5A, which we think that's going to happen um, at some point because of their enrollment. 
then Shiloh could be sitting there in the 4A um, because they're not going to go to 5A. Yeah. Um, they could be sitting there, and they 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 are really in position to dominate if that happens. Yeah. Just a few years ago, if you uh, remember, Shiloh did try to move up to 5A. They did. They gave it a two-year try. Um, they were competitive. You know, they, they were competitive, uh, not at the level they were at 4A, but um, I remember talking to Josh Floyd about the move and – He's, and then moving back to 4A, and I asked him, I said, why are you moving back to 4A? It wasn't the competition. No. They could, you know, sit toe-to-toe with them. What the problem was was the financial. And the travel. Yeah, yeah the, the, travel. the travel was really killing it, particularly junior high, because uh, they didn't have any junior high games. They were having to play in a junior high conference down in Fort Smith and Van right. Buren traveling all down there. Right. And I remember at that time, I believe uh, Shira Schisler, who, uh, by the way, has uh, resigned this last week at Harbor as the Harbor volleyball coach, but she was at Shiloh at that time. And their girls, those volleyball girls, have to get on a bus at 11 o'clock in the morning to go down to Valonia or wherever, yes. you know, for, for volleyball. It was all day. It was an all-day <laughs> all day. trip. Yeah, it really. was all day. So, uh, that was, you know, that was a factor, too. You had a cost factor, and, and just the, the time away from school you know, was a big factor, too. So... Um, that's they, that's why they only had the two year period there in the five A, and then they came back to four A. Where you know they're obviously you know schools you know all in this all Close. throughout this area that are four A. So so that's you know that was a big factor. So we had that shallow Christian again. Congratulations on a great season. Now Rick, you were at a terrific game down in Boonville Saturday night. The Bearcats were able to keep it going. You know what? I've been around about thirty years. I got to spend my first Saturday night in Boonville, Arkansas, USA, and what a treat that was. Before the game, there was long lines, even at kickoff. Uh, so there are a lot of interest in this game. <coughs> Excuse me. I love small-town country uh, football, but uh, it looked like Boonville was going to lose this game. They just scored with about two minutes to go to, in the game, Ray, to take the lead. And Prescott marches all the way down, picking up chunks of yardage, 12 yards, 14, 18. You get down to uh, Prescott got down at the eight-yard line, uh, and the quarterback run around looking to, for a receiver, looking, 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 and a young man named Mr. Cam Brazier stepped in, intercepted the pass, won the game for Boonville, and now they're headed to play for the state championship in Little Rock on Saturday. Talked to Scott Hyatt yesterday um, doing a story uh, this week on Cam Brazier, and uh, he calls him one of the Smurf backers uh, on the team. Because he's small and purple. They're small okay. and purple. He and uh, he and Carson Ray, who Rick, he had four had four touchdowns. Yeah, four uh, touchdowns. Saturday. Um, so you know they're little guys, but they were about eight foot tall um, on Saturday night. Um, and he said, "Now Boonville, you know this, this is a program that's I mean it's a lot of tradition and success yes. there." And uh, and and Scott Hyatt, who's not one for hyperbole at all, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's about as low key as you find. Um, he said that uh, all the old timers at Boonville said that you know this is probably one of the top you know two or three plays ever in the history of Boonville football because Rick, if he doesn't intercept this pass and if he just knocks it down, yep. Prescott probably kicks a field goal because and, they yep. were yeah they were a chip shot field goal away from yep. tying the game up and going to overtime. Yep. And who knows you know what's going to happen there. So not only you know was it a big play that he got his hands on it 
but to hold on to it and, and to make the interception. Well, that's the last thing uh, Prescott need to happen. I mean, he's a 17-year-old kid, your quarterback. I know, you know, he probably should have threw it away somewhere, yes. but he tried to jam it in there, and, and Brazier made the play. But there is such a turnaround because I was ready to write the lead about, you know, how Prescott came down on drive and won it. But, man, that's what makes high school – uh, uh, so fun. That's what makes me doing this job so much to see the excitement, uh, the, the thrill on that young man's face. And uh, you couldn't hardly get to him because he had so many people down there around him. I mean, the, 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 they swarm out of, you know, like the in the SEC, they find them and everything. They don't find them at Boonville. Did they, they tear swarm- the goalpost down? No, no. no. Uh, I mean, they may be down now, but they weren't uh, when I was there. Well, so I, knew, I knew Hyatt said he was expecting a really big crowd that night. So it was. It like they I mean, I was done. Good thing I had that press pass because I wouldn't have gotten the game to about uh, halftime. <laughs> well, that's Boonville. You know, football, of course, is the heartbeat of that community. Um, that- and that's, you know, we was talking about the Central. But, hey, that uh, I-10 quarter right there, uh, 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 Greenland won theirs, and you just go 20 miles, drive uh, uh, east through the um, – uh, the countryside, and then there's uh, Boonville, and hopefully Bearcats get them one too. Well, they, uh, they'll they be taking on Osceola. Paul, you know a little about Osceola, so uh, what, does Boon- what is Boonville facing on Saturday at noon at War Memorial Stadium? Well, they, they're, they will be, again, they will be fo- facing some really good skilled kids and a lot of speed. So, again, uh, kind of like last week, I think it's going to be a similar deal. Their power and their execution against – Osceola's speed and you know I mean they were this is the same Osceola team who who put it on uh, a good Charleston team last year if you'll remember came over to Charleston beat them about 37-14 so you got some athletes there so it, it should be should be a lot of fun very very good football course Boonville what you're like you're right Paul they do play, play that power game they will line up and they're just going to run that ball right down your throat um, if you fall behind on, against Boonville, you can be in trouble, and um, so that'll be you know that'll be something to watch. Now they only threw one pass. It was like a little dink five seven yard pass, and you say, man, they're so one dimensional. But Andrew Robertson, um, he's like a little wing back back there. Again, he's a little purple Smurf. He was picking up some big chunky yardage well, getting sure on the outside. Prescott's probably focused on Ray. You know, probably yeah. focused on stopping him and. Yeah. Uh, you know that, and you're right. That opens it up for for those yeah. other kids to, to you know to hit big plays and uh, will they run like the counter plays and things with the wing, with that wing back? Yeah, yeah it was like doing? a counter or a little reverse, and you know that they of course play at they uh, pitch it to uh, fake it to Ray, and here comes little Andrew Robertson around the corner, and you got to give the offensive line. I mean, they'd get out there and block. You're not going to uh, turn that corner if you don't have pulling guard or a good tackle out there. And but uh, Lou Robertson, he was a big part. He didn't score any the touchdown, but he set up and he he's he got a first down like in a fourth and five and twisting, turning and just uh, just a want to attitude. So love that to, and those guys. Well, it was funny. I talked to Scott Hyatt. I'd gone down to Boonville earlier in the week to do a story on Noah Reyes, who um, if you they not, called his name a lot too on defense. If Excellent. you've not seen this kid play, he is a man. Let me tell you and. Uh, it was funny because, you know, Hyatt, again, about as low-key as they get, as low-key as they come. And so I said, well, Coach, you know, what, you know, what are you guys going to you know, be able to do against Prescott? You know, what, you know, how will you be able to, to slow them down? And he said, well, we're going to weld the uh, door shut on the locker room, not let them get out. Uh-huh. So I guess they didn't get a welder down there. Prescott got no. out, but, but still Boonville found a way to, you know, to get a win. So 
Great job for the Bearcats. They are going for their first state championship since 2013. They are undefeated at 14-0. and 0. Um, What makes this story all the more remarkable is the fact that Boonville has done this without its starting quarterback, mm-hmm. an all-state, all-everything player for them, Brandon Ulmer, who went down in the season opener. So I asked uh, Brazier about this, and I said, you know, when you guys found out for sure he wasn't going to play, you know, w- what was the, the team thought? And he goes, well, we just said, you know, everybody's going to step up and do more than what they thought they were going to do. He said, you know, Brandon Ulmer obviously, you know, was the leader of our team, but, you know, when you don't have him, um, you know, you, everybody's got to step up and, and, uh, and, you know, hold on to the rope, and, and that's what we, you know, did. We had to get together and said, you know, everybody's got to do what, you know, what they do and play harder than you, than you thought you were going to have to. You know what, and Schlinker, you know, people too often just look at passing stats, passing stats, how far they can throw it across the field. But he makes every read. He picked it, he scored a touchdown on a keeper. And so you got to give, I mean, precision type offense like that. You got to, you got to be know when to take it, when to give it. And, and I don't think they had a fumble. And of course, they didn't have an interception. So that's a big part of their game, too. Uh, okay, they do one thing right and they do it pretty well. I think I've read that before that, you know, that playbook, you can throw a playbook down there that's three inches thick, but if you can't execute any of those plays, it doesn't do you any good. Yep. But, and I've said this before, you know, when when that happened, I talked to to Hyatt about Slinker, and he said, Paul, he's he's run our plays. He knows what we do. Mm -hmm. And he was going to be the heir apparent. You know, there's not any, he's going to be our starting quarterback next year. No question. Well, that got sped up a little bit. But, the kid's been running that playbook since he was in Pee Wee, so he understands it. He knows it. Well, I think a bigger impact on their on their team actually was probably on the defensive side because Slinker was going to be one of their top defensive backs, uh-huh. and you know because he got moved to quarterback, that meant you know somebody else. little or no time on defense. So that's where the kids really had to step up was there and fill that mm-hmm. spot, and they've done that well. Boonville's you know yeah. Boonville's Boonville. Um, it's you know going back to the we run just a few plays. I remember. You know, I can't remember what if it was if it was uh, Lou Holtz or whoever. You know, at a practice, you know, and they said, you know, we're going to stay here. We're going to run this play a thousand times until we get this. We are not doing anything else until we get this play exactly right. And uh, that's what Boonville does. They don't. They may not run a lot of plays, but they run them to perfection every single time. And when they're executed well, blocked well, quarterback knows what he's doing. You, the other team can know what you're going to do, and they still can't stop it. That's something, uh, uh, Slinker. I didn't really notice him because he, uh, until he scored that touchdown. I mean, it shows you know they weren't throwing the ball downfield. They didn't have any turnovers, no interceptions, and it was just like precision. And uh, you know, it has to start with the center quarterback snap, and that that's the whole trigger to the whole offense, and they do it well. Well, and they'll, uh, of course, they'll have a tough test on Saturday. So, to recap a little bit, we have the, uh, on Friday, uh, Henry, who we have playing in the 2A state championship game? That would be the Junction City Dragons and against the Hazen Hornets. So, Junction City was a team that uh, was surprising, I think, at the first part of the season. Not anybody gave them a lot of uh possibilities that they could be in this championship game but junction city is junction city the dragons yes. you know they are uh you know in, in everything they do the basketball baseball for everything so no no surprise there if you follow junction city but i think they had a couple you know some teams there maybe that that thought they were going to be in that championship game so henry how do you see that one shaping up it's going to be very interesting uh 
from what I've seen, Hazen uh, this week just demoralized Mount Ida, 142 to nothing. I'm not sure of the game there. It could be a toss-up, but you know, like you said, Junction City is is Junction City, and it's interesting we're in this new cycle. When things were originally thought, people thought that Junction City might be a Class 3A team, but then there was a little number mess up, and oh. they ended up, uh, they were given a few extra students that they didn't have, and ah. they said, oh, we got to change that, and they got to drop down the two-way. So, in other words, they sent the Louisiana kids back to Louisiana and got their numbers down a little bit. Uh, actually, what happened is the, the numbers that they were using got doubled. Ah. And shouldn't well, that would affect things, yeah. <laughs> so, that would affect things, yeah. I think people listening would be interested in these uh, Junction City's right on the Louisiana border right down. And how about Hazen? Where exactly is that at, Paul, that north – East hey, Arkansas? Hey, no, Hazen's more south as well. They're 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 not as south as Junction City, but uh, they're, yeah, they're on interstate. If you go Interstate 40 east of a Little Rock, Little you're going to run into Hazen. Yes. Okay. Okay. Right. So they'll be in the 2A. That will be Friday night, uh, and then the 3A championship game again, Boonville versus Osceola. That will be at noon Saturday at War Memorial, and then the 4A championship game, Joe T. Robinson against defending state champion Arkadelphia. That one will be at 6.30 at War Memorial on Saturday. So should be three really good uh, championship games this weekend. Now, we might weather have – permitting. Exactly. We <laughs> may have some more, more weather issues this week. And this week it's not storms. Uh, this week it could be a little winter mix maybe. Exactly. And uh, I wanted to bring up something on that. You know, we talked about the storm. At first, I was kind of upset about them delaying the games. I said, I go back to the 2013 Class 7A state track meet here at Bentonville, that was a debacle. That meet should have never run because the weather got worse as the day progressed, but they still had it. And I thought, hey, why don't you just ride out the storms? Then I saw a picture Saturday morning, and the picture was from Shiloh Christian coach Jeff Conway, where in his backyard, his trampoline got picked up, flung over the big, tall wooden fence, and it was mangled in the neighbor's backyard. Wow. That would have been a fun ride if you were on the trampoline and taking that kind of ride, wouldn't it? Hey, thank you for AAA. I wasn't looking forward yeah. to driving through a storm going down to Boonville from they Northwest did. Arkansas. And I picked up limbs and everything all day uh, Sunday. So, great call. Of course, um, had some tornado yeah. damage in uh, yes. Crawford County, I believe, yes. in, yeah. in that yes. area. Yeah, so, it looked uh, terrible. But, it, what about, you know, oh, but, you know, what about Oklahoma? Oklahoma went ahead and played. They did. But they did. But they had all sorts of issues. I saw, you know, games stopped, lightning yeah. delays. Yeah. Saw the, the the lights went out at a place or two. Yeah. But like you said, kudos to the activities associated. Well, here's something that maybe you might not remember this. When Bo- and going back to 2013, when Boonville won that state championship in 2013, that championship game was delayed two different times for weather. Um, and Boonville ended up winning that game 13-12, to 12, but that game uh, at Little Rock was delayed two times. It was weather. played the Saturday after, or Saturday before Christmas. That's right. And it should have been played two weeks ahead of time. Right. And even uh, I remember that year Bentonville's game got against Cabot was moved back a week. And, but, you know, I got the thing, and that's why I was thinking that. Thing. Storms are one thing, but ice is a completely different it issue. Is. It is. And I remember the – game against Bentonville Cabot it was so cold that day 37 degrees at game time with the precipitation falling and my heart was going out because my youngest daughter was on the Bentonville sideline she was one of their student athletic trainers that girl was cold Mm -hmm. 
and it, uh, as soon as she got it, uh, she was prepared. As soon as she got there to my vehicle, met me there, she had warm clothes in the back, and she got that mm. plus a blanket. She covered up and went to sleep on me. She was supposed to try to keep me awake, and she was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hey, what, now, 5A, yeah. I heard again uh, that, that private school in Little Rock won again in 5A. Is that right? Am well, I wrong? Yeah. What am I wrong about it? Well, no, they did. Yeah. Uh, Private schools won it. Uh, Little Rock Christian, kudos to them. They win yep. their first state championship. But in all honesty, uh, well, kind of thing, some things run through my mind. Number one, because it was two private schools, how many people in the state of Arkansas actually cared who won? Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. There's, well, I think they do, they do on Little Rock Christian because of Justice, Justice Hill. Hill who uh, in just a few days, or not in about, about, I guess probably about a month, will no longer be in high school. He will be at the University of Arkansas uh, because he signed a basketball scholarship there. So because he was in it, a lot of people probably cared about yeah. it. I think, did I see that there were 10,000 there Sunday? I think, did I, did I see that? It was a big number. Was that yeah, right? I, that sounds right, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, for that game? There, there yes. was like 10,000 for the 7A game and – Maybe five or six thousand. I can't remember which one. One had about ten thousand. One had about seven thousand. But I didn't never see the numbers for the Sunday game. But uh, you know, going back to that Sunday game, you know, because it was two private schools. Then I got to thinking, well, because Little Rock Christian, yeah, that first maybe a lot of people was rooting for them because that, or simply because uh, Little Rock or Pulaski Academy was going for their fifth straight. You know. When you have some sort of success like that, it brings up jealousy among other ones, yeah. and people were just rooting against them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I remember. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I got the assignment for soccer, and it seemed like didn't they play PA? And I could see that little rivalry going there, wasn't it? Was it girls soccer? Yes. PA oh, yeah. and yeah, CAC. CAC oh, and PA, see, maybe? is that who it was? Possibly so. Yeah. Well, in private school, they're, they're, some, they're building some rivalries down there. Well, good. Good for them. Well, again, this show will wrap up. This wraps up the high school football season, and uh, we thank you for being with us all season. Uh, we will continue the shop. The podcast will continue on through basketball season, so be sure and stay with us for that. Uh, we, we will uh, keep you going with uh, – got some big tournament action uh, going on this weekend. We are going to be covering six – Different basketball tournaments this weekend. Uh, let me see if I can recap them. We have the Fayetteville tournament going on down there. That's a boys and girls tournament, the Bulldog <laughs> Classic, I think. So there'll be some really, really good teams there on the boys and the girls' side. We have a little tournament going on down in Fort Smith. This is about the 20th annual Tournament of Champions. Really, really good girls' basketball going on down there always. And uh, they'll be playing those games at Fort Smith Southside this weekend. Got the Crabtree tournament going on over at Bentonville. Have the Battle at the Ridge going on over at Pea Ridge. We have Farmington's got a classic going on over there this weekend. And I'm missing one. Which one am I missing here, Henry? The Arvest Hoop, Arvest, Arvest Hoop right. Fest. Arvest Hoop Fest over at Rogers. Now, last week Rogers was Heritage. at Heritage. Last week was the Great Eight was the girls' uh, tournament over at Rogers High. This week is the Arvest Classic. This is all boys at Rogers Heritage. And uh, am I missing anything else? Yeah, something else we need to point out in some of these tournaments, uh, if you go there, you're going to see something a little bit different that you may have not seen in previous high school basketball tournaments. That is a shot clock. It started this year where in these little uh, 
during the season tournaments, stuff like that, teams are being allowed to use a 35-second shot clock that's, you know, normally is not used in high school basketball. Speeds the game up. So we're going to see it's a uh, – I'm trying to think of experimental phase. Experimental I mean, phase. Yes. That that's what it is. Who knows? It could come next year or in the next two years. It may be a regular staple in high school basketball here in the state. Well, that is interesting. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you can't get out to watch to see football this weekend at Little Rock, there's plenty of basketball action going on. Um, you know, tournaments all across this region and and uh, everywhere. So be sure and get out and uh, catch some of that if you can. And uh, so that will do it for us. Uh, don't forget, we'll have previews this week for. Boonville's uh, run to the 3A state championship. We'll have that and uh, all kinds of coverage uh, from Little Rock uh, this weekend of all the state championship games in the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. So don't forget to uh, pick up copies of that. That's it for today. And we'll see you at the gym, at the football field, or maybe even at the barbershop. <laughs>